is that the, the tartness of the strawberry completely complements the carbonated sugar or carbohydrated sugar of the banana to form some kind of heavenly mixture that is strawberry banana. So I don't think carbonated or carbohydrated are in any way remotely correct terms. That's fine. Also, are you <laughs> done eating your yogurt now? Yeah, I am. Cool, man. No strawberry. Strawberry yogurt. That's right. Wait. Strawberry banana yogurt. Thank you. I'm just we literally just talked about it. We're not doing it again. Okay, uh, everybody, welcome to True Crimes, a division of Run Wild Media. Uh, wink. I don't know. Um, Smiley face. Yeah, something fell off the something fell off our recording studio. It's fine. Pay no attention to that. Um, all right, everybody. So, in case you haven't listened to us yet, and for whatever reason you're tuning in on the second episode of the show, yeah. this is a true crime po- comedy podcast. So we're gonna be covering some serious issues, but we're gonna try and do it. With some jokes to make it palatable. Y'all already know. Yeah. All right. So today I am Joe Wild, and I'm joined by Easy, my co-host. That's right. Follow me at Easy underscore E eighty one on Instagram. You can do that if you want to. Um, I've also got a couple other dudes in here. Would you like to introduce y'all sales? I'll go first, I guess, politely. Um, Chef Warburton, producer. Hi, Jake. I'm Jake. Love murder. <laughs> but in like a healthy way. In a healthy way. All healthy way. ways to introduce yourself. First time you've been on an episode. I love murder. In a, in a healthy way. I love true crime. What's going on? True crime just gets our blood boiling. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. In a way that stimulates the mind in good directions. This makes me want to play Grand Theft Auto. No. Oh my god, no. You're a monster. Yeah, you're worse than Lord Farquaad. Just want you to know. Like, you're a monster. Yeah, you'll eat the cookie. You won't just take the gumdrop buttons. So. Stop it. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. We're getting dangerously close we'll to the loss here. Okay. Getting dangerously close. No, not. It's not from any existing title. <laughs> There's no intellectual property that is illegally owned or operated Come by on, anyone so associated okay. with that. All right. Well, as they say, let's get to the murder. Yeah, um, the people in death row say that. No. That's what they said before they got on death row. Yeah, that's why they're there. Uh, if anybody says that, it, it's Quentin Tarantino. That makes sense. That's so much very more true. Sense. In the immortal words of Quentin Tarantino, let's get to the murder. All right. So this week I'm going to be covering the murder of Margaret Peg Coutino. Um, and before anybody asks, I don't know why Peg is the nickname for Margaret. Maybe her middle name is like Pegafer. Or she had a stump leg. Yeah. Is she missing a limb? Is she a pirate? No. Okay. And no. Again, you don't need to raise your hand. <laughs> Audio format. Is there an explanation for the name Peg, or is it just like... No, that's like, it's like Peg is the short version of Margaret. That's been a thing. Her name oh, okay. It's am- ambiguous. Get to the story, Joe. <laughs> okay. Um, so, this is a murder story that I did not intend to research. It's one that I kind of stumbled into, uh, because this is... It's bizarre because Peg Coutinho is the daughter of a South Carolina state senator named James Coutinho. Well, any relation to the Patinos? Shut up. Or the Patinos and Shut Coutinho? Up. Okay. Shut up. Shut up. Coutinho. No, no, she's not related to the Patinos. No, okay. Um, because it's a different name. Right. Um, but uh, two separate 
noted serial killers both claimed to have been the killer. So it was like she was like murders the cute girl at a party and like the two crazy people there want to like call dibs. Well, it gets a little bit more interesting than that. So let's just start off with this. So Peg Catino is a 13 year old in Sumter, South Carolina. Oh, she's 13. Yes. Oh man. Um, well, I mean, I had to tell you the age at some point. Yeah, that stinks. Sorry. So she is, by all accounts, like a pretty good teenager. Slight rebellious side, gets in arguments with the parents every now and then, but nothing too big. Um, on December 18th, 1970, she gets out of school early. She stops off at her house, talks to their mom for a little bit, and then says she's going to go down to the elementary school to eat lunch with her younger sister. Uh, it's while she's on her way there that she disappears. That is terrifying. It is. And we're going to cycle back to that in a little bit. Now, first, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Sumter, South Carolina. So, basically, it's your. seems like it's the typical southern small town. Um, you know, not too many, not a huge population. Not everybody cool. knows one another. Mm-hmm. Kind of, Kind of like picturesque movie type deal. Um, but of course there is small town rumors and small town rumor in Sumter was that out in the woods, there was a trailer and in this trailer, uh, teenagers were being hired to perform in like homemade pornographic films and being paid with like various forms of drugs around that same time. Well, yes, and the reason why uh, this rumor popped up during the same time is because um, this was a town where, like, marijuana was, like, something as low as marijuana was extremely rare, and now they're seeing, like, all kinds of drugs start popping up. So it's from the the wood trailer. And, I mean, and of course this could just be a small-town rumor, but it seems... And we'll go into this further, but it seems like about 50% of the people that lived there believed it to be real. So this lends itself to the thinking that is probably true. Like how there was that one house on the corner that my parents told me not to go by. And then one morning as I was going on the bus to school, I was on one side of the bus. And then there was, you know, the other half of the kids on the other half of the bus. And the other half of the bus goes, ah! And then I'm like, whoa, what happened? What did I miss? And then I talked to the kid, and then I was like, I just saw that man's pee-pee. So um, that dude had exposed himself to half the school bus. And I'm very glad I never went by that house. Ever were you abused as a kid? No. But that was as close as I came to having ex- <laughs> experienced something like that. But anyways, what I'm saying is that sometimes small-town rumors can, you know, be true. Okay. That was positively bizarre and added absolutely nothing to the episode. But thank you for sharing that brief look into the trauma that was your childhood. Yes, Um, So, like, a good way to know if it was true is if there was actually, like, a shed, right? Did anyone ever actually see a shed or, like, a trailer? Supposedly, yes. But there was, it was never, like, confirmed. They didn't know what was going on inside. No. 
Um, and also, I mean, like another part of it that kind of lends it to being true. I mean, would it really be that hard to convince a bunch of teenagers to participate in that? Absolutely not. Like, now, hold on a second. You're going to pay me <laughs> in drugs to have sex? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm in. Well, and especially so if it's like a small town, there's probably not really a whole lot to do. So, Except for, you know, bone in a trailer in the woods. Exactly. That was probably their dream. That, I mean, that's besides, the dream. Besides probably playing, like, whatever <coughs> you did in high school, whether it was sports or theater or anything, you would because go Sumter, work. South Carolina. You went and worked on the farm that was your house. Yep. And after that, it was kind of either you hunt or you do drugs. Well, back to it. So, now, as I said before, uh, Pegatino, her father was a state senator. And her family had a lot of pull in the area. When you say pull, is that like when you pull me close and give me a hug, or is that like no? Is it like power? Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go. Jeff gets a star. You do not. <laughs> it. Life isn't about stars, Jeff. Your loser stands. It's about stars. It's not. Um, it's all about stars. It always is. It's always. Uh, anyway, so after Peg has been gone for a couple hours, her mom has started to get nervous. Uh, and she makes a phone call to the police station. Uh, how much power they had in the area is one phone call to the police station. Uh, they sent out a announcement on like the two AM radio stations that were in the town, saying like, "Pegatino, we're gonna need you to head on home now, there, darling," or you know, Southern something or other. Um, Nothing comes of that. So five hours have gone by. Now they've got a search party. And for the next 12 days, they comb the area until her body is found on December 30th, 1970. R.I.P. How many days have passed? 12. Wow. December 18th to December 30th. Now, the last, at first, the last witness they had said had seen her on December 18th. And she was walking past a construction site. Now, working at that construction site was a fairly notorious serial killer who was just barely at the start of his, let's say, career. Uh, working at this construction site was uh, Donald Henry Gaskins, a.k.a. Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, that little dude. That little dude. Uh, they called him Pee Wee, not as like a joke because he was a big guy. They called him Pee Wee because Pee Wee was five foot three. Yeah. But uh, he was a mean little fucker. Um, and Pee-wee's body count is in around 31. What? Pee-wee claims it to be much higher. I think the confirmed number is listed at 13. That's still... Like, Pee-wee himself holy, said it's 31 and probably over 100. Is there a case of small man syndrome? He killed 13 people, so yes. Yeah, dude. That, I'm going to be reacting in disgust. Yeah. Um, now... <laughs> Also in the area at the time was another serial killer. Um, now, this is the man who I believe most likely did it, but not entirely sure on this. Uh, Jun William Jr. Pierce. He went by Jr. Interestingly enough, both serial killers in there would not go by their actual names. If you called Pee Wee Donald, he would hit you with a tire iron. Pretty much the same with Jr. He'd probably hit you with a tire iron for less than that. He's a serial killer. <laughs> That's true. He also just loved, like, his passion was tire iron smacking. Right? Well, it's like, Jacob just loves murder. Well, let's see here. 
So no, anyway, this is very unhealthy. So Junior Pierce uh, was also in the area at the time. And what's interesting with him is that he had been released from a prison in Georgia less than a year prior to this murder. So he had just got out of jail for being a murderer? No, he had not been in jail for a murder. He had been in jail for a combination of charges of burglary, arson, evading arrest, and then also attempting to escape prison. So these are all warm-up crimes. Well, and part of the reason why he was in prison in the first place is because, and though Junior would tell you otherwise, he was not a smart man. Um, It's listed that Junior Pierce had an IQ of 70. So how smart is a dog usually? (laughs) About About a 30. Okay, so he's like two and a half dogs. Probably between the dog and a chimpanzee. Probably between the dog and... Like Jeff when he's not trying. <laughs> Thanks. Yep, Jeff. Thanks. Well, Jeff tries most of the time. Let's let's give him that. Yeah, but like think about the other day when Jeff was trying to open the door and it took him like seven times. I don't remember that. That was Everett. Oh, that was you. <laughs> okay, so what? he's more like a dog between a dog and you. See, the thing about that is, is that sometimes I'm just dumb. Yeah, and Junior was the same way, except for all the time. Right. The 70 IQ is like mental retardation. It's like the bottom 2%. Yes, but uh, Junior did not have anything diagnosed. Um, And regardless of whether or not he had anything diagnosed, he did kill... Well, he ended up being charged with nine murders. Yeah. Including Peg Catino. Not really a spoiler alert. Um, So anyway, they found the body... They can see that she has been uh, beaten to death, and the uh, weapon that they suspected was a tire iron. Mm-hmm. Um, she had also been sexually assaulted. No. Um, no. Now, what they were able to find is, I remember this is 1970, so not the, not the peak of forensics. Uh, this is where the first uh, bit of confusion comes, because the last that anybody had seen her officially at up until this point was December 18th. But now that her body had been found, a couple people or one person had come forward saying that they had seen her in a car with a man who looked like he was about 30 to 35 years old on December 19th. And then when they found her body, they also found a semen sample that had not degraded enough to have been that from that old. Uh, The coroner said that it was probably three to four days old. So she could have been kept alive with him or like been like kidnapped for a week or so or something. Possibly. It's true. Could have also been it could have also been, you know, worse. Yeah. Sexually assaulted her dead body. Yeah, necrophilia is gross. It is gross. Listen, it's a true crime podcast. We're gonna get into these topics. Yeah, you know, I'm just need to like I still have to react. I understand the way that works for me to process this, these horrific things. I'm not, I'm not really talking to you that much. I'm talking to anybody who's like clicked on this thinking it was going to be about something different. I yep. thought we were talking about true crime. It was like a, an occasional, you know, graffiti act or an occasional <laughs> doorbell ditching. You've been misinformed. True crime's light. <laughs> true crime is dark and it is a... Uh. Now, okay, so moving forward. So, Junior Pierce gets arrested in Georgia again in 
April of 1971. Cases remained unsolved up until this point. Now, back in Sumter, they are going nuts. The sheriff's deputy, they're a very small police force. They're doing everything they can. They're turning over every stone. They're trying as hard as they can to solve this because they've never had anything like this happen in the town's history. This is a town that's had barely anything, like maybe like one to two homicides a decade and never a child. And never a child of a state senator. That'd be a huge deal. I mean, they would be overwhelmed completely with the press, with the demand to find the culprit. They would be very overwhelmed. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of the West Memphis 3 case. Where the police force just did not react where, to the Yeah, where a small town police before. force just was not ready for the task at hand. Um, so they get this call from a sheriff in Georgia who has just picked up William Pierce. Now, Junior Pierce, I, I'm going to pivot between Colin and William and Junior. Um, same person. So Junior Pierce is first brought in on petty theft charges. But mind you, IQ of 70, it quickly turns into him confessing to m- multiple crimes including a murder of a gas station attendant. And he was actually able to take the police to that gas station attendant's body. Dang. So that's why um, that one is definitely on Junior, because he, he took him to the body. Yeah. And that, that is pretty much the only one of his nine charged murders that they can say without doubt was him. That's pretty much the only one that there is no confusion about. And the reason why there's so much confusion about it is, again, it comes back to the fact that this man has a 70 IQ. Is he being coerced into giving these confessions? Or not? A lot's been made about coerced confessions recently. Back in 1970, there was nothing for that. No, that's when a lot of them actually were, or began. Yeah, the Innocence Project, and there was nothing like the Innocence Project back in those days. So, So what made them call South Carolina from Georgia? Did he... That was one of the murders that he confessed to. Okay. So here's Junior's uh, list of events as they went down. He was in Sumter on December 18th, stopped at a burger place to get something to eat, noticed uh, two girls and a guy getting into an argument outside. He walked out there to see what was up. Um, As he walked out, the guy and one of the girls left and... Pecatino was the other girl. He talked to her for a little bit, asked her if she wanted to come with him, and she said yes. Bad choice. Well, stranger danger. Again, this is the seventies. No, uh, this is a man with an IQ of seventy who is telling this story. And her decision to get into a car with him goes against everything that's known about her. She was smart. She was making decisions. She probably like snuck up on her and yes, most likely. Um, so he says that he took her to a landfill. She was still alive at this time. Took her to a landfill, talked to her for a little bit. He said that she started panicking, started freaking out, and that he slapped her to get her to calm down and must have knocked her unconscious and then panicked. And, uh... Now you go from panicking to I'm going to murder the crap out of this person. Well... I believe, and it's tough because he really struggles to get uh, a description out, and then also I'll go into more details to why it's 
sketchy in just a moment. But uh, he supposedly says um, that she was knocked unconscious. He thought they had killed her. When she came back to conscious, he was scared of getting arrested for it and then hit her with a tire iron. Oh, for it. Her said it jive with her story that her, that her mom told, right? What do you mean? Like, did her mom say that she was walking to the school and... Yeah, she was going to meet up with her younger sister to eat lunch at the school. Why was, she, why was she arguing with those two other people, right? That's what Jake's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also, uh, in Junior's confession, he doesn't say anything about the sexual assault. But here's what's sketchy about the confession. Nothing is written down or recorded. So, when this goes to trial... Did they have technology for that back then? Sorry to interrupt you. Pen and paper? Yeah, why wouldn't they write recorder? that down? Yes, they had pen and paper and a tape recorder in 1970. I don't know. I thought they still like did things with whale lover. Well, yeah, they did. They had those those uh, those whale recorders. Oh yeah, the whale recorders and they have the whale teeth. Yeah, <laughs> and you just yell at it and it saves it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. Morse code, but for belugas. Just yelling into a whale. That's how they communicated in the Sea World for a long time until they realized that it was not. I think my oh. grandma still has a beluga somewhere in the basement. Mm. I'm just horrible at that house. <laughs> nah, pretty pristine. <laughs> See, exactly. Was that, was that a beluga noise? That's just a typical whale noise. Yeah, it sings, her, it sings her to sleep sometimes. Okay, well. Here comes another one. <laughs> well, I think on that we're going to go ahead and take a first commercial break. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, let's see. So when we left off, <laughs> that was occurring. Um, okay, so Junior does get charged for the murder, along with nine others, gets a life sentence because this happened to fall into the period of time where the death sentence was actually not legal in the U.S. Lucky for him. Yeah, and also during this time, uh, that mean little bastard that we talked about before, Pee Wee Gaskins, is also getting arrested for his multiple murders. Now, Pee-wee and Junior ended up being in the same cell block briefly at a prison in South Carolina before Junior got moved to a prison in Georgia. And once he got moved to a prison in Georgia, they were like pen pals. Hmm. Pee-wee so, and Junior would write letters back and forth to each other. You know, I know we just classified Junior's like IQ of 70, but it sounds like he can drive. Um, he can write. So he's yeah. high functioning. Yeah, he's not. That's what I said. Is he's not mentally handicapped. He's just, I would say, uneducated. Like I just think of, I think of Junior Pierce as somebody who just never had like a formal education. Well, think of the South. If they were all farmers, I bet you half them could care less if they could like read or, you know. Well, Junior could read or write, and you're right. He could drive. That was actually his job at the time. While this was going down, was he was a truck driver. Oh, one of those truck driver murderers. Yeah. Mm. That's the thing about that's. I mean, the stereotype of the trucker murderer exists for a reason. Yeah, it does. It really does. But so they are still in correspondence. Now it's while uh, Junior and Pee Wee are in prison. There's still quite a few people in the town of Sumter that are upset at the way the trial was handled because they think that the police department just found a scapegoat and put it on him instead of actually finding who may have really done it. Who may have really done it or did it? Done did it. He done done it. 
Whoever done did it is still at large, according to the people of Sumter. You got it done, it well, did it, done it, did it, did Killing a child isn't something that usually happens only one time. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. So if it's like not yeah. happening anymore in the town or like in the surrounding towns, it makes me think that whoever did it probably moved on, like Junior. Well, you remember what I said about the porno trailer out in the woods. So there are more people about to die? No. But a lot of people's belief that it wasn't Junior stems from that rumor of said porno trailer out in the woods. Drugs doesn't equal killing children. No, but... Drugs doesn't equal killing children, but accidentally killing a 13-year-old while you're filming some weird illegal porno? Okay, yeah, uh, there you go. Well, and see, you got to imagine, like, any area that's considered unauthorized or sketchy, whether, especially somewhere that's not known, is going to be deemed as a location of, you know, suspect just because of the activity that goes around it. Uh, You could think of also sex trafficking and a lot of other really disgusting stuff that goes on with pornography world and something like that could very easily happen even back in this small little town of South Carolina, sadly. It was probably easier for it to happen in a small town in South Carolina. Yeah. So the townspeople, because of the sex trailer, they thought that... Please, please, Jake. Porno trailer. Porno trailer. They thought that had something to do with... That's the episode name, by the way. Sex trailer? Porno trailer. Porno trailer? Porno trailer. Porno trailer. How many more times should we say it? Porno trailer? Well, he said... Three, two, one... Sex trailer. Porn trailer. Um, I like sex trailer. How, like, they they thought that had something to do with it, so that's why they didn't believe it was Junior Pierce. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yes, essentially. And, again, what it comes to is the last time she was seen was on December 18th, at the time the body was found. Then we had a witness come forth later uh, saying that she was seen on the 19th, and then we had Junior saying that he picked her up on the 18th. But then we also have that semen sample from uh, the coroner said was three to four days old. Which could be tested for DNA because this is the 70s. Correct, yes. This is 1970, so there's no DNA testing. Is it possible that... I see a confused look on your face. So I'm just trying to think of a timeline in my head. So the semen sample doesn't match up when Junior would have said he picked her up. Basically. And killed her, correct. And killed her, right? Okay. And it doesn't match up with the coroner's original report, which said that she was likely killed on the 18th, the same day she was picked up. But doesn't that vibe with his story, though, because he said he picked her up and killed her on the same day? Yes, but the semen sample. Yeah, that's weird. Because Junior was not a necrophile. No, there's no record of that. In so none of his other cases, was he a necrophile? Was the little bastard a necrophile? Pee-wee was a sexual deviant, but he was not a necrophile. So it could have been someone else. Potentially. Now, another thing that does corroborate with Junior's story is he said that after he dumped her body, he went back to his car and saw a saw a, two dudes that ended up being a father and son out in the woods hunting for squirrels. And Junior made sure to stand in front of the back of his car to block the license plate. And during the trial, uh, that was brought up again. And, of course, 
like I said, there was no actual written record of the confession, which also upset a lot of people in Sumter because it's like, okay, they're just, they've just found a man who is, for lack of a better term, mentally handicapped and are pitting a murder on him. Uh, but this father and son did come forward and say that they saw a dude standing awkwardly in front of the back of his car. Okay, so... Maybe he just really liked the way they shot squirrels. Maybe it was just a dude out there who was like, I don't know. I have, I have gone, you know, when I went to Father and Sons, we also shot squirrels for the DB gun, and it is quite fun. I hope that Father and Son had a good time as they were witnessing the city Yeah, they were hunting squirrels, like, 50 yards from a murder child's body, but yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they had a great time hunting squirrels that day. Wasn't that blood? The squirrel's blood they were smelling. <laughs> Ew. Ew, Jeff! God! Yeah. Can we like, move off from that? I want. Like, I feel like this episode needs more southern accent. No, yeah, give us some southern stuff, Joe. Just give us some southern bullshit right now. Now tell me here, Mister Junior. Mm-hmm. When you was out there in the woods, did you see anybody else out there in the woods with you? Well, you yes, yes, sir, I did. There were two guys with a gun, mm-hmm. and they appeared to be hunting a squirrel. A quarrel. A quarrel. about a quarrel or a squirrel? A quarrel. Quarrel. A squirrel. No. Why are you not there, me? Uh, continue, sir. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, fast forward again. <laughs> now we're back to Pee Wee Gaskins in prison receiving a letter from Junior Pierce. This letter supposedly contains some details about the murder that have never been released to the public. And Pee-wee thinks to himself, hmm, well, perhaps I can use this. I'm using a small voice because he's tiny. Perhaps I can use this as a way to make myself seem like more badass. He sounds like a nice southern Like a guy. southern Mickey Mouse, yes or no? So, uh-huh. first off, he's really freaking dumb for thinking that killing a kid is going to make him seem cooler in prison. He's got life in prison. Death penalty doesn't exist so, at this time. Does he want to die? Because that's I understand that's how you get killed in prison is by like being like you did something bad. Right, sorry, woman, actually, or to uh, a kid. So on. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. So Junior was arrested during the time when the death penalty did not exist. Uh, Pee Wee was not. Pee Wee oh. was on death row. And Pee Wee Gaskins, like most serial killers, a narcissist. You're in jail already. You're on death row already. Make your body count seem cooler. It's the same reason why he claimed to have killed over 100 people. That was just bullcrap. Because he was a tiny little bastard. He was upset about it. Anybody's uh, though. Uh-huh. The, you know, that, that's actually I scary. That copywritten, so be careful about Oh. Yeah. Um, also, that voice, like that, that just knowing the... I'm going to get you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get you easy. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. Right now, it's not because I'm like it's funny. It's because like I'm afraid. It's I'm afraid. That's a scary. That's you a scary noise to come out of your dream board. Better not. Um, also, if you want to know more about Pee Wee Gaskins, uh, last podcast and left did a fantastic series on him. That's four parts long. Uh, so check that out. So that's almost like as many parts as he was feet tall. Almost. Almost. Man was five three. Short af. And in case you're wondering what the biggest serial killer is, because yes, Pee Wee is the smallest. 
The biggest is Ed Kemper. He was six foot nine, over three hundred pounds. My gosh! Holy crap! Watch Mind Hunter if you want to. That he's so scary. Why didn't he play basketball? Because it was easier to murder. Um, Jeff, like, we'll get we'll get yeah, to Ed Kemper at some point. He's in the so future. messed up, dude. Um, okay, so Pee Wee claims it, <laughs> and now we have three potential situations here. And there's the one potential situation it, here, which is Junior. I'm gonna need you two to not. <laughs> uh, Jeff is scared, so he's hugging Jake. That's a, um, the fourth potential situation. That is the situation of this recording. Um, so now we have, and the truth is at this point, it's probably never actually going to be solved because nobody knows if this still to this day, nobody knows that this porn for drugs trade was actually happening. Nobody knows if junior Pierce actually killed her. I personally believe that he did just because of the amount of things that, uh, tied in and the fact that he is a murderer. And then I think Pee Wee Gaskins was just trying to take some cred. But it's still bizarre that we have a person who, a high-profile person who gets uh, murdered and assaulted in a small town where there happens to be the potential of a pornography ring and two active serial killers. I'm just thinking, the thing that I thought of at the beginning was like, what are the odds that you're within 30 miles of two active serial killers at the same time? I would understand that in the 70s, that would be a little bit higher because there were more serial killers then. But it's just like weird. Like you're in this little town in the middle of freaking South Carolina. What are the odds you're going to be around two people that have killed like tons of people? It's truly bizarre. Wrong place. I, I have a question though. So um, what did Junior Pierce say about his confession that wasn't recorded and wasn't written? Like did he dispute it? Did he? Well, eventually he did dispute it. Okay. I believe that was one of, so there was a, let's see, there were, I believe it was six of the nine murders that Junior Pierce was a part of that he said he did not do. Now, of course, the body that he led them to was one of the ones that he admitted to. There's also two more that he admitted to. So, Junior admitted to three murders, but never admitted to the murder of Pecatino. Wow. And you personally, do you think he did it or not? I think he did it. I think there is also a chance that, because uh, the more I thought about it, at first I just like kind of blew it off as like just small town gossip. But the fact that so many people in the area seem to believe it was true, the more I think that it, she might have been either murdered or accidentally killed through some kind of weird deal through that uh, porno trailer. So I think it was either porno trailer, uh, something through that led to her death, or she was murdered by Junior Pierce. Um, and I don't think Pee-wee did it. No. Pee-wee had nothing to do with it. No way. No way. But Pee-wee gonna get you. Dear God. Gonna get you. Please. Also, rest in peace, little peg. For real. Like, that is so sad. Life snuffed out. It's very beginning. Also, another thing that I'm thinking of is that I was thinking, I was like, how weird must that have been for the family, like, on a level to, like, because imagine you're her father. You're a state senator. You had to have initially assumed that this was something that somebody was upset that you did. 
But you're also a state center, so it's like it's not like you're working on that high level of stuff, and then you find out there was just a random act of violence. Like, can I? Can I actually? Yeah. Is it with it being a random act of violence? How how confident are you saying that it is a random act of confidence, knowing that she a random act of confidence? Sorry, violence. <laughs> a random act of violence from her coming from such a powerful family in the area. Well. Based on the fact that there were two known serial killers in the area at the time, I think it would be really bizarre if there's a third one. If there was a third murderer that was not one of these two dudes, and both Junior Pierce and Pee Wee Gaskins are what can be classified as like opportunistic killers. They're not stalkers. They don't plan things out. They kill when they can. No, that's why I always, always, always am like, hey, can I walk you through your door if there's a lady around? Because mm-hmm. it like there are just terrible, violent people out can't trust in the world. No, you can't. So, yeah. Well, let's see. Do we want to go with a palate cleanser? Please? All right. Well, let's see. I got a little bit of a palate cleanser here. So, we're going to throw it way back. Okay. World War Two. World War Two. Oh gosh, this is a palate. It's a palate cleanser, though. Trust me. Okay. In the Polish army, oh, I'm gonna mispronounce the name. No, it's wrong country, Jeff. Commander Wolczyk. That's better. Was a bear. So a literal bear was drafted into the Polish army. And he was drafted into the Polish army because while they were stationed in Egypt which apparently there's bears in Egypt, somebody presented them with a bear cub and they decided to keep it and make it their mascot. And then one day they were setting up artillery shells and they weren't supposed to be getting, like they weren't preparing, they didn't expect to be getting attacked. It was a sneak attack. And so while they're getting shot at, uh, Wolchek, uh, they were loading artillery into these big old cannons and firing them off into this valley. And the guys were trying to run back and forth and carry these heavy artillery shells. And Wolchek watched them and started doing the same thing. This is totally a true story. I'm looking it up right now. So to give you a little bit of statistics on the bear, uh, it is a Syrian brown bear. Oh, that's right. They were in Syria and then they moved to Egypt. Uh, he was bought as a young cub. And honestly, you know. War hero. Yeah, war hero. And then uh, as a treat, they would give him... Uh, milk. Um, That's or like beer. beer. I treat myself with milk. Or a beer. And I do not also, treat myself with beer. Uh, taught him to smoke cigarettes. Also, you know oh. what's crazy? He died in the Edinburgh Sioux in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Did he die of lung cancer from smoking? I mean, I'm not sure how long a bear lives, but I don't think smoking was good lived, for him. He, he was 21. 21 years old, yeah. Okay, so he had All been buying cigarettes years. legally for three years. Um, barriers, roughly, I don't know. At least in America. He's about, he's about 55 in barriers. A healthy bear. Um, but yeah, he was given to the Scotland Zoo after the war ended uh, because none of these Polish soldiers were, like couldn't take care of him. It's like... So they gave him to the zoo and like the Polish soldiers would frequently come and visit him. I just knocked over a Pringles can. Fantastic. Uh, yeah... That in 1963 in the zoo. Yeah, Colonel Kuzklinski was bringing... It's like, honey, I have brought home bear! That would be awesome. But yeah, so that's the story of the chain-smoking World War II bear. Well, I cool love that. The Italian even had, like... 
Yeah, their logo was him carrying an artillery. Was a bear carrying an artillery around because of him carrying the shells that one day. Heck yeah, that's a power cleanser right there. When I go to heaven and I like a bear fighting Nazis, y'all, I love that. I'll, I'll turn left in the bear heaven and I'll go shake his little paw. So little, he was, do you he was know? Big bear. Do you know what big the bear paw. so pronounce the name for me again? Because I know I can't pronounce it. It's like Wolchek or so Wolchek, which apparently means happy warrior. Heck that's yeah. Awesome. Isn't that cool? Uh, well, that's a great way to end it. Yeah. That's, that's how we go ahead and call it right there. Palette. Anything else sad happens. Cleansed. All right. Good night, everybody. Be good or be good at it. Peace.